So we're going to talk about Miss Janet Jackson. Oh my God. Um, the eponymous album Janet in 1995, I think. Was that the cover where it was just like her naked in somebody else's hands covering her boobs? I think so. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was an iconic album cover. Did you ever put the CD in front of you and then stand and pretend those were your hands? Tell the truth. Uh, no, I can't okay. say I did. I'm going to after <laughs> this recording, though. 100%. Definitely. <laughs> Everyone, I'm Trevor Campbell, and this is You Made Me Queer, the show where queer folks omit the phrase clothing optional from their garden party invitations because such a term is, oh, what's the word? Redundant, you provincial ape. Oh, that's right. Every episode, I invite a fantastic 2S LGBTQIA plus guest to point the finger of blame. That one felt high. That hurt a bit. Uh, point the finger of blame at who and or what made them queer. It's a hot one. Officially summer. It is Pride Month, which means dust off that tankini, kiddo. It's your time to shine. Just a reminder that this is a big week for a few reasons. First of all, we are doing, as you notice now, weekly episodes leading up to my season two finale. Also, as I announced previously, I have a really big show coming up at Buddies and Bad Times in Toronto. It is the opening night of Buddies Pride, and You Made Me Queer will be there. This is not a live podcast recording. I've done those in the past. They're great. I love them. This is a whole new animal. It is a full-blown stage show. Uh, I start things off with a 10-minute power medley where I have six costume changes. So I'm going to be truly uh, exhausted straight out of the gate. And as I announced, I'm going to have three guests, three guests on my furious panel. First, J.P. LaRock, TV writer and original panelist from the iconic MTV logo series, One Girl, Five Gays. Hello. Next, comedian Tamara Chavon, who had the audacity to release a comedy album called Purse Wine. And finally, last but not least, drag revelation and self-described human disaster, Bombay. All of these folks together, there's a set, there is lighting, there is stuff. This is a full theatrical experience that's, you know, I think worth going out of the house for. And you might think, oh, I'll just wait till you release it as a live episode. But as I said before, this is not a live podcast recording. You are missing, I'd say, 75% of the show if you can't see it on stage. I don't know how that math holds up. I guess I'm saying the audio is 25%, which uh, is, I'm, I mean, when you see some of my costumes, you might think that equation's correct. Anyway, that is all happening. I would really like to share it with you. So you can head over to buddiesandbadtimes.com and uh, smash that buy ticket button. Gently. Keyboards are expensive. Also, this is the second last episode of my second season, which means next episode is my season two finale. And 
Whoa, Nelly, as Nelly Furtado called her first album. Have I got a special finale planned for you? That's true, she did. At the time, I found it a bit too on the nose, but it was, you know, 2001, and it was all we had. However, I promise you, my finale is uh, it's a curveball. It's a real curveball guest, and I think you're going to have a good time, so stay tuned. But none of that matters yet, because this episode is this episode. Isn't that the meditation mantra we're all repeating these days? My guest today is... Fawn Big Canoe, also known as DJ Fawn Big Canoe. If you live in Toronto, you know Fawn Big Canoe. Fawn is one of the best DJs in the city. Fawn has played everything. Fawn can play everything. Fawn will make you dance, which not everyone can do. Not everyone can do it. You think it's so easy now in these days of Spotify. You just type in coffee breakfast or like bossa nova graduation party and then there's a whole playlist there djing is a science which i don't understand it's an art it's a type of uh sort of pop culture witchcraft it is all these things and more fawn is also of chippewa and georgina island descent and has been playing around toronto for over two decades so fawn knows what she's doing but fun fact i first met fawn 15 years ago, which is almost impossible because I'm only 19. Uh, but Fawn and I worked together at a coffee shop where, uh, and this is true, the owner used to watch us work via, it was like CCTV or a webcam installed on the ceiling of the coffee shop. He lived in the building upstairs and he once called down on the coffee shop's business phone to tell me to stop doing the crossword which he had watched me do for the past 10 minutes. In my defense, I was increasing my word power, which, as you can tell from these sparkling intros, is really of an incredibly high caliber, thanks to shirking off learning how to pull a good shot of espresso. And actually, one note about that. In this conversation, I momentarily allude to the fact that Fawn and I were both lazy baristas. I want to clarify that Fawn was a great barista and a great counter worker. You should be so lucky to have Fawn work at your coffee shop. Unfortunately, I don't think she's willing to anymore. Fawn was top shelf. I was trash. That's the point. Anyway, Fawn was already a DJ at the time. Now she is a full-blown legend. And most importantly, for my interests... Her Instagram bio reads, and I quote, Welcome to hell, idiot. (laughs) So on that note, welcome to hell. And please enjoy my conversation with the original party starter, Fawn Big Canoe. I think the last time I saw you, I was trying to think of it. I think I was <laughs> in um, short shorts, basically, um, and wearing fake angel wings and selling liquor. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was out of pride. Definitely. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like 2007, I want to say. <laughs> yeah, I have, yeah, I have a very poor concept of like time and stuff like that, but that sounds about <laughs> right to me. Definitely. That's- Sounds like something I would do at that time. Uh, and not much <laughs> has changed, to be honest. How are you? Good. I'm excellent. Thank you so much for uh, for asking me on here. This, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I, I do not talk about myself ever. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah, no. Um, so yeah, this, this should be fun and hilarious and embarrassing and all those good things. I'm going to drag you straight out of your comfort zone into... I mean, comfort zones are a thing of the past, right? In this new world. 
world. Yeah. If it doesn't hurt, it's not real. That's exactly my sentiment. I'm like, okay, I've never ever done a podcast A and like anything kind of like this or any like deep dive into my <laughs> my fun, like hilarious <laughs> queerness. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be doing this. I promise there's going to be no gotcha moment. Um, okay. I'm not going to ask you to like reflect on who hurt you first, Fawn. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. 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 I um, have a small, I have a small list. So like it, it's more funny than anything else if that's (laughs) that's great and i expect nothing less as one of toronto's premier party throwers and djs goodness gracious thank you (laughs) answer honestly um because this is fine and you know if this is too personal we can skip it within arm's reach right now do you have one of those party air horns no, I don't. I God don't. <laughs> <laughs> but now that you've asked, I'm going to start keeping one uh, ready at all times just to have. Yeah, you should. When you become an official DJ, which I assume is like a city hall ceremony, <laughs> does the city like um, do they issue you one of those air horns? Yeah, it's actually a bronzed air horn. It's more ceremonial <laughs> than anything else. Non-functional, but yeah. They <laughs> They're so intense. It is party season. It is party True. season. So yeah, I think an air horn uh, in my back pocket is going to have to be something I'd carry around now. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. And uh, like, you not... I don't want to say straight culture. That's the word I'm hesitating on. But there are certain things when I see something in arts and culture when I go, that's not for me. Like, that's a signal that's not for me. And usually that like, pew, 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 is <laughs> something telling me like, keep walking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I, I find it rather inviting personally. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> but in a, maybe in an ironic way, perhaps. Maybe I'm like, oh, this is oh. going to be hilarious. Let's go check it out kind of thing. But. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I mean, listen, I I'm, I'm slagging it, but I'm the one who brought it up. <laughs> so on that note, so with, you know, air horns and excitement and party season, let's go straight to the party. Uh, sometimes you hear, <laughs> let's keep going with this metaphor. <laughs> yes. You hear something that makes you want to keep walking, but sometimes you hear this sort of siren call that wants to draw you in. <laughs> and I think that's what happened to us, fun when we were growing up. There were so many queer air horns, if you will, yeah. that pulled us into the the party. Uh, so what I want to do now that we are adults, that we have bronzed air horns, like you said, and microphones, <laughs> I want to give you the opportunity once and for all, fun big canoe to point the finger of blame who and or what made you queer. Oh my gosh. Can you like edit in a shuffling paper uh, noise right about now? <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, like, where does one start? Do you go chronologically? Do you go by impact? Do you go by, Ooh. you know, like memory uh, uh, sorting? I don't know if that, what, whatever that is, but I like that um, one. I don't know. Like, wh- what do you, th- what do you think? What do you usually like tell people like start, start from the beginning or like, you know, I mean, this is an impossible question. I, I think the heart wants what it wants fun. And I yeah. think whatever you want to lead with is I'm comfortable. Okay. With. I'll go with the, the order that I wrote things down. And the, yeah. like, it's the first thing is <laughs> oh, and what? as an A type, I'm so happy that you've shown up with <laughs> a, a printed document. Yeah. It's, it's literally just like a post-it note with a couple scribbles on it, but it's <laughs> well, going to, okay. it's going to work. So I mean, uh, you know, uh, not to age myself, but I grew up in the heyday of YTV. Um, <gasps> so, you know, you've got those after school shows that you're just coming home to watch after a long day of like, you know, grade five, grade four and secret world of Alex Mack was one of them. And so for whatever reason, you know, she's this cool girl. The, the lead star of it was a Larissa Olenek. And I obviously Mm -hmm. memorized that name and I had whatever (laughs) big bop, 
cutouts I could like, you know, intersperse with photos of Jonathan Brandis and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I would have Larissa Olenek and Alicia Silverstone and Liv Tyler. So, you know, that's, that's how it's going. But Larissa Olenek was definitely one of them. She was like a cool tomboy that would, um, I, I don't know if you remember the show, but she could melt. Oh, and big she, time. Yeah. Good. Okay. She turned into slime or like silvery slime. Yeah, it was like a metallic alien petal. Um, and I think for like the first couple episodes when she would, so she would like melt down into the puddle. And then when she like came back to human form, she'd be naked, <laughs> which I don't know if they carried that on for very many episodes. Weird. It was never like any kind of, you know, it was, it was a kid's show, obviously. So she was like, Whoa, what, you know, like right, behind like right. boxes or, or, you know, it was like, it was like kind of like one of those bad dreams where you like show up at school and you're naked, kind of akin to that. Yeah. And also because this is deep cut CanCon for folks who are listening to this, who are not familiar, I think picture what Fawn said, Alicia Silverstone plus hear me out. Uh, Taylor Hansen from the Hansons. <laughs> <laughs> like a bit like California beachy, but also like cute and neighbory. Yeah, tomboy had like yeah. the uh, the beanies that were in style at the time yes. with like you know, um, think of her playing like devil sticks, like that yeah, kind of hundred percent, that kind of super relatable neighbor girl that you just wanted to like you know have a pool party with and then maybe a sleepover. A hundred percent, yeah, with one sleeping bag, exactly. And also because this was like. I don't, I want to say like 95, 96. Yeah. RCG at that time, you know, these were the nascent years. Yeah. Uh, so it was like the silvery blob looked so cool to us, but I'm sure it looks atrocious now. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Wicked. So, so how old were you watching this? Do you remember? <laughs> I was 11. I was 11. Oh, okay, yeah. Great. So that's right around that good time where things start, you know, feeling, <laughs> feeling funny. Yeah. Transitioning from platonic to like, I'm, on slightly on fire and i don't yeah. know why <laughs> exactly that's a good way to put it for sure and then i guess the next uh, hit on the list here is uh, oh my god we're blasting through okay so larissa olenek goodbye yeah so okay. and i gotta i mentioned leisha silverstone so i was watching oh, a lot yeah. of much music at the time uh, Alicia Silverstone was doing her uh, Aerosmith video days. She was in the Aerosmith video when she jumps off. Wait, was that Aerosmith? She jumps off the bridge with the belly button ring. She was in three Aerosmith videos. That oh. is the first one called Cryin'. Yeah. Um, and Stephen Dorff makes an incredible uh, cameo oh as her asshole boyfriend that she's like giving the finger to. When um, she hangs from the bridge. Also, scientifically speaking, that would not hold. That would rip out in a second. <laughs> well, like her, her back, like it did not have any give the bungee cord that they use. So whoever right. the, the stunt person <laughs> was in that just like probably have spinal uh, uh, issues to this day. <laughs> oh, it God. looks awful. It was worth it. Thank you for your service. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, she was in three, three Aerosmith videos, crying being like the, the pinnacle. Uh, that was a Steven Dorff. And, you know, I, I, I don't know why I remember all, I mean, I know Another why I remember cut. cause it, it made me queer, but like, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, no, but, that's big. Yeah. What were the other two? Do you remember? The other two was crazy. And that was with Liv Tyler yeah. and, and Alicia Silverstone. So that was a twofer, uh, which would make I any mean, young, any young lesbian just happy beyond their dreams totally <laughs> it was a great it had everything that video had everything it had like you know uh, uh uh school uniforms it had uh uh you know gender swapping it had uh you know she did a little like uh top hat and like mini strip tees it's got everything for you there oh was my sk God. skinny dipping trevor skinny dipping it's just like such queer dog whistling where they're like mm -hmm. are you are you gay yet what about now yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you watch this music video another 500 times? And, uh... oh <laughs> and also because, you know, again, this is early tech, so no YouTube, like you just, there were like the same 20 videos that they just showed in rotation. Exactly. So yeah, much music was like the bastion of like anything kind of cool and alternative and weird. And also uh, Aerosmith music videos at the time. So hot. Yeah. And also not to jump on your list, because maybe this will appear, but Liv Tyler makes me think of Empire Records, which is Absolutely. like... Absolutely. <laughs> which for me, that everything about that movie was like queer whistle. Yeah, I should have yeah. put that on the list for sure. <laughs> it's fine. I, w I was an Ethan Embry man myself. Amazing. This sort of like awkward nerd. Yeah. And didn't he yeah. like change his name or something like that around like the That Thing You Do time? He was like going by a different name. That I don't know why. I know, the, I, don't, I know this random celebrity <laughs> bullshit garbage trivia. No, that's good stuff. I wonder where he is now. Yeah, I think he's doing all right. I think he's like probably doing some like CSI style television show, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Something with like small, thin glasses, like David Caruso glasses. Anyway, this isn't about my turn on. <laughs> this is about your list. So Okay, let's talk about her third music <laughs> video then. Uh, amazing. And that featured one of the twin brothers. I think it was Jason London. Oh. Uh, who were also very popular at the time. Uh, and that was uh, involving, and again, another harken back to like poor uh, CGI that took place within Jason's virtual reality at home setup. So he like <laughs> would type in his like ideal woman, very, uh, a very weird science. And then he would have oh. a virtual reality session with her and it was Alicia Silverstone. Um, so that was also a good one. Is that empowering or is that the opposite of empowering? I don't know, but it definitely gave me really like um, unattainable hopes for what future real <laughs> reality was like, you yes. know, so. Yes, I know that's what we could have done with it, but instead it's just Minecraft. What a letdown. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You're going to offend the Minecraft players out there. And there, there are a lot of them. It's not, I'm not one of them, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> the bulk of my listeners I find out are Minecraft nerds. Mm. I, I love you. I accept you. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> You're going to lose like a lot of followers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's Alicia Silverstone. And she's gone on to become like a weird, I think, kind of like blog mom, very like oh. chew your food and spit it in your baby's mouth and like breastfeed <laughs> until they're 13 and one of those. Oh no. Yeah. I know what it do, probably anti-vax is what our guess is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't want to come out and say it, but let's be real here. Let's be oh, real. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Quick Google. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it looks, I'm not saying she is, I'm not kidding, yeah. but it's possible. Yeah. I do like that. She's really playing into her older woman. Like, you know, uh, I love, I love a star that will do a throwback to what made them famous yeah. uh, after years of really not acknowledging it. So she like, I think has been recently like playing into her clueless kind of, uh, kind of vibe and stuff like that, which we all love. That was another one that I was, I would always beg my older brother to go rent movies during the summer and clueless. Yes. I think I rented every single day one summer, probably <sighs> around 12, <laughs> 12, 12 to 13. Well, yeah, because you already brought up schoolgirl uniforms. So that's yeah. like the yellow yeah. plaid, right? So hot. Maybe that should have been, the, the uniform should have been on the list too. I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe. So wait, did your brother work at a video store or he no, was just- No, I, I would just ask him to bike over because he was faster than I was and I was super lazy. <laughs> like, I need this movie now. Yeah, yeah, head over. I need Five Goes West and Clueless, go. <laughs> oh my God, you're, you're, you just spoke to my heart of hearts. 
But I would argue that Five American Tale, an American Tale, yes, slightly yeah. trumps Five Goes West. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's not even a question. But I, okay. I, I mean, at the, I feel like, yeah, I feel like at the time, Five Goes West was like the hot new sequel. So yeah, that's I think true. those those were rented in tandem, from what I recall. <laughs> to to address different needs of you know uh, growing adolescence. Yeah. Comedy and I don't know what sexual yeah. awakening. Yeah, exactly. Okay, wicked. Uh, uh, which movie was which though? No, that's that's funny. Um, <laughs> so okay, next on the list, chugging right along. Speaking of my Damn. love, my love of cinema, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Amazing. I was going to ask because you talked about stars not acknowledging their past, and that's I think still Susan Sarandon with Rocky Horror. Really? Does she not even like mention that? Because apparently like, for a while, like in an in- interview, she would be like next question kind of style stuff. Oh no! I know. Wow. You really have to like wonder what what like why do they hate it so much if it's such like a, like a big cult favorite? You know, like what I what know. happened to them <laughs> during <laughs> yeah, the know. filming to make them hate it so much? So yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so Rocky Horror yeah. in person or the film? The film, the film. Okay. My mom, it was one of those things where she would let me stay up late on like Halloween and we'd eat candy oh. and we'd watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show because City TV. Another, you might want to address that one as a CanCon reference as well. Perfect. City TV would show it every uh, Halloween at midnight. So, yeah, City TV. I think City TV was just the GTA, like the Toronto yeah. area. Okay, yeah. yeah, probably, probably. Maybe really iconic announcer, very like ninety. Well, you know, like eighties, well, nineties. It was out of the Much Music building, right? So, and that was yeah. nationwide. If you, you know, Speaker's Corner and all that. So, oh my God. Um, that was the heyday for sure. We're the exact same hit. Okay. So, I love this. <laughs> yeah. so you, the first time you watched it was with your mom. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So my mom's showing me like Rocky Horror Picture Show at like a super inappropriately young age. Um, and I loved it. I fucking yeah. loved it. It had everything cool, you know? So. Did she contextualize any of it for you and be like, now, fond that this is why this is happening? No. She's like, it's no. a rock opera. Give me your candy. <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> like, let's do this. And she's like, oh, they do this on Broadway. She's like, I went to this when I was younger, like in the theater, you know, so. Sounds great. Yeah. So it was fun. And then you obviously, there's like so much just, there's just like sex, 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 sex happening in the movie. So. Yeah, but let's, I mean, I, I appreciate you're trying to keep the party momentum going, but this, <laughs> to play us a ballad, if you will. What, from this movie, like, what were the specific moments, if there are any? Um, definitely the one where Dr. Frankenfurter goes to both Brad and Janet's room. Mm. And the same night, I'm like, okay, all right. And just, like, a lot of, like, boobs, Susan Sarandon's boobs looking absolutely perfect. Yes. Um... Yeah, just the just the over overtness sexuality of it, uh, I think is <laughs> you know, there's not there's no any no specific moment. Uh, I don't think so. And probably like, oh yeah, no, there is one more. The the um, Rocky being like with the boa and the makeup and just being so glam and queer. Yes. And, yeah. Fun, fun gender stuff. Tim Curry, right? Yeah. Well, no, the guy that he built, the uh the oh, muscle yeah, man in the Rocky. little gold shorts. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who was kind of androge. exactly yeah Yeah. they like definitely painted him up a lot and uh yeah tim curry just was like i'm gonna treat you however i want and (laughs) yeah it's like the first in a long line of things we were exposed to where it's like am i do i want to be queer or do i want to be a sex predator because (laughs) i feel like they always overlap and i'm not sure why (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just yeah. like breaking into rooms and yeah, totally. And just like, t- I guess like just being uh, aggressive in what you want sometimes, yes, like, that's right. you know, just taking, taking control of it. So I think that's I like right. that power, <laughs> I guess in that movie. Yeah. It was an every, a power fantasy generally for everyone except uh, maybe, well, you know, even people that die have like, they have a lot of power until they die. I'm thinking of like meatloaf. Who yeah. I think dies yeah well, they all go out with like a big like he was like electrocuted and, and stuff oh, yeah. like that yeah well and then they eat him uh that's right even <laughs> dying kind of looked punk and cool in those movies exactly exactly and again like that movie was just like everything is such a big dramatic you know you walk into a party and they're doing the fucking time warp or like yes. you know they're going back to their home planet at the end and they, it's like a big like dramatic stage show so yeah just uh, everything in that movie was very like so did you just watch it that was it a one halloween or was it a tradition tradition yes. every year every year yeah and so with it building up then did you ever like have you seen it live i haven't i know i, I should I, does it appeal to you at all yeah it, it would for again for nostalgia purposes only i think and yeah. and just just to kind of just to kind of see it like again this is the year where i'm like i want to do everything i have no more excuses not to do things <laughs> uh podcasts and and you know w- weird movie nights alike right so <laughs> yeah but it's very participatory so it like that has to be you have to be willing to I mean, what is it? Do the time warp, but also like scream the whole movie. Yeah. And you bring your toast for when they say a toast and you throw the oh, toast, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, I'm familiar with the lore. Uh, okay. Definitely. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like you have a lot of stuff to get ready. And so if that's in October. Yes. You should probably start, start, just start a light inventory. Of toast? Midsummer. <laughs> yeah. To start gathering toast. Anytime. Yes. All right. I, I'm going okay. to. Yeah, definitely. I think they do those like at the review and stuff like that on Ronson's Fail. Yeah. yeah, always a nice time there for sure. Love it. Good time. Good time mm-hmm. to the review. Or wherever you're listening, I'm sure you can find Rocky Horror. I think it's still very popular. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised they haven't remade it, to be honest. You're gonna, that's just, you, you've broken the, <laughs> you've broken the, the, the bond of safety. They're gonna remake it this year, oh, I'm sure. as soon as someone says now it. Now that you've said that, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I mean, no, I wonder. They did remake it, actually. And, uh, uh, the trans actors from, um, Orange is the New Black played Dr. Frankenfutter. Oh, yeah. Wasn't Laverne Cox in it? You're... Yes, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think that was like one of those live on TV things. Yeah. Like they performed it live and then it was filmed. Anyway, regardless. Yeah. It didn't do well. It didn't do well. <laughs> oh. I think Tim Curry did do a cameo on it, though, and gave it his blessing. So that's always nice for sure. Okay. I won't slag it till I see it. Um, okay. okay. So there we go. So, and also what... What age were you the first time you saw Rocky Horror? Probably like, uh, I want to say like around the same age. These things, I, I, I don't you Yeah, know. all kind of blurs, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, for me, it's kind of hard to remember anything, you know, before six, I guess. And even <laughs> then it's spotty. So yeah. like, yeah, my like preteen to like, you know, uh, uh, you know, teenage pubescent years are definitely when all of this stuff is happening for sure. Perfect. And the reason I bring this up, like you know, for this to hold up in court, Vaughn, which is what I want, we need <laughs> we need things to be a bit more fact based. Whenever you sure. can provide those details. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You Made Me Queer, we'll be right back. And now, back to more You Made Me Queer. You Made Me Queer! 
So yeah, around the same time, <laughs> 12, 13 era, this is again, 94, 95, 96. This really hit um, you hard. So you were wearing a hypercolored t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, I mean, it's just, it's a lot of like media, I think oh, that really, great. really formed me. Right. So we're going to talk about another music video. Um, this is, uh, this time the, uh, well, lovely Miss Janet Jackson, um, <sighs> She had like a banging, banging single. I don't even know what album it was off of, but it was an incredible single with like a, a crazy music video called If. Oh my God. Um, yes. Huge song, huge song. Um, and so that one, from what I can roughly remember, that one takes place in a brothel. So there's like, and it's like, uh, you know, uh, somewhere in China, I, I'm pretty sure. And so it's very you know, like uh, Geisha-esque and she does this huge dance number, but it's very like future retro China. Like, you know, you're in like, a Bla it's kind of like Blade Runner if I had to describe it any other yeah. way. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. So it's from her fifth album, Janet, the mm. eponymous album Janet in 1995, I think. Was that the cover where it was just like her naked in somebody else's hands covering her boobs? I think so. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was an iconic album cover. That was, <laughs> did you ever put the CD in front of you and then stand <laughs> and pretend those were your hands? Tell the truth. Uh, no, I can't okay. say I did. I'm going to after <laughs> this, this recording though. 100%. Definitely. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so we're at this sort of pan Asian brothel. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. And so I think what's happening is like somebody's watching, somebody's paying money to, or like making Maybe not even paying money. I don't even know what's going on here. There, I did not see any cash exchange hands. So who knows? <laughs> Just but put this, it on the dresser. Yeah. So they're watching. This guy's like watching the club. And then obviously Janet's coming out and doing her dance number. Her like iconic moves. Like to this day, you can see them kind of like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a podcast. I know. A good thing it's a podcast. <laughs> I mean, no bad thing. It's That's awful. What a podcast faux pas. I just started to do the Janet Jackson dance. Yeah. And uh, Fawn supported me. <laughs> <laughs> it was happened. good. It was it was true true to form for sure. But um uh no, yeah. So it's just that was a really sexy video. Again, there's like lots of like sex going on. It kind of goes from room to room in the video and like, you know, yeah, just shows like uh uh very sexual uh uh situations. So I'm trying to get your hit because as you're developing, I mean we're kind of going we kind of start in a sort of, you know, Alex Mack, Alicia Silverstone camp. Yeah. Um, and then we move a very different type of person in Rocky Horror. And then Janet is very different. Also, maybe that one of the themes developing here is like party sex. There's a lot of maybe. situations where it's like, like party room or just like, um, I don't know, cr kind of cruising. Well, here's the thing. I grew up in a pretty small town and this could actually say, where'd you grow up? Milton, Ontario. So not too far outside of Toronto, but mm -hmm. at the time when I lived there, there was like 30,000 people. It's exploded since then. It's crazy big now. I don't even recognize it uh, when I go back, but I'm from Oakville. So Milton, okay. yeah, yeah, All yeah. Right. Oakville's just South of Milton. And when we were growing up, Oakville was a little towny, but Milton, we talked about like it was a farm, essentially. Oh, yeah. Oakville was where all the rich kids lived. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's so funny. We would like in high school, like drive to Oakville to get Taco Bell during lunch because it was literally so close. We'd take the back roads like Dairy Road or some yes. fucking road. Yeah. And yeah, be there and back in time for uh, in time for P.E. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. But, uh, yeah. So I lived in a super small town. So I think, you know, not having access to any kind of these like 
you know, crazy party situations, these things maybe like, uh, or, or, you know, like, you know, Alex Mack lived in like, kind of like a, I think she lived in like fucking Phoenix or something like that, but it was a yeah. city, right? <laughs> you know, like there was, fucking Phoenix. <laughs> there was something going on. Um, you know, so yeah, maybe that, you know, so, uh, subconsciously definitely like always wanting to, to be, be in a situation, be in a social situation, lots of people, lots of like, you know, sex going on, right. you know, Rocky horror, they're at a party, you know? <laughs> like, right. It's true. Everything is pretty party based. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that for you. Go figure. I'm a DJ now. <laughs> it's just so perfect. It's all, it's all connecting. You're, you're like better than a therapist. Like, this Thank is you crazy. so much. You just wait till you get my invoice. You're going to shit. Uh, yeah. So that, so I can't uh, explicitly recall that video, but I do, I do know the mood and I do know the song. And that was like, that was a hot time for Janet Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked it up and that, that was a 1993. So I would have been like Perfect. not eight or nine when that came out. So mm. whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a real goodie. Parties. I actually, that's so funny that I, that we made that connection. So the next thing like that was on the list is, uh, as I got older, started going to raves and this is outside of little old Milton. So yes. I would start taking the bus, the go bus for like $8 or a couple of toonies, mm -hmm. take the go bus into Toronto for like the night, uh, with my mother's blessing, <laughs> Oh yeah, would, you know, and this is when I would probably be around like 15 or 16 getting into the 15, 16 era. Whoa. So your mom would be like, be good, but go to Toronto all night. Pretty much. <laughs> I started <laughs> going, amazing. it did. I did start going with friends uh, at yeah. the beginning and stuff, just, you know, safety and numbers. And it was very new and we'd have to drive. So I think I remember started going with like some of the people that I worked at McDonald's with. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely would have been around 16, 16 ish at this time. Yeah. Fantastic. And yeah. this is funny because I, when I was in high school, there was a girl who lived with us for a while, which is a longer story, but she was straight up raver. I thought she was so cool. She was like three years older than me. Yeah. And it was like baby blue visor, pacifier, modrobes, flare pants. And she, I was in ninth grade and she'd be like do you want to come to the rave like kind of big <laughs> sister style and i was like no 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 it's so i'm way too scared but secretly i was like that like nothing sounded cooler to me it was it was wild times like yeah. uh, did you ever end up going to anything like no, that when you were I, younger i never did i was a little late to the game with stuff like that but uh i remember because this was like pre-cell phone pre everything so i think and you can tell me you mm. get like a flyer with a phone number and you yeah. call from the phone booth to get the address of the party yeah you couldn't like you they like it's the same way that they kind of like you know venue tba today or they like, release it on the day of or whatever and that's yeah. if you're that's it still if you're like doing an illegal event or a legal venue whatever y but yeah. yeah you could you you call the day of the event and then uh you could hear you know go to this place and then you'd meet somebody there who would tell you where to go from there. And oh, then, so it was like super sequence to keep the cops out. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So like, yeah, and around that time, like the raves were just like, you know, super legal. People were dying at every single rave. They weren't, but like, you know, this is right. how it was. So I started going to parties and obviously, you know, uh, along, along the way, I somehow managed to do ecstasy. 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. It's so hard to get ecstasy to 1997 rave. <laughs> Where did he do it? It was near impossible. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> this is sarcasm. Um, and yeah, and you know, uh, um, you know, uh, all dr- all drug, you know, things aside, it was incredible. It was, you know, yeah. super freeing, um, especially for like a kid from a small town. Yeah. Uh, who's who's you know coming coming and not really like you know knowing who they are and trying to find that out you do ecstasy and you you talk to everyone around you it's it's uh yeah it's just it's incredible so you know that was the first time where i was in a place where you know i saw openly women kissing other women guys kissing Mm. guys um and you know it was just all all love and stuff like that it could have had something to do with the ecstasy uh, i'm pretty sure but (laughs) it's hard to say yeah, that once that barrier was down, it was incredible, right? So, and when you were growing up, because you already said you lived in a bit of a quieter place, were you a shy kid? Mm, not shy. No, it was definitely, um, yeah, no, it wasn't a shyness thing. I was one of those people that were like kind of friends with, you know, the skaters, friends with the punks, like a couple mm-hmm. of, you know, um, you know, the sporty people and stuff, but not, not shy. But it was very, very, very heterosexual. <laughs> in good old Milton. I, yeah, I didn't know yeah. any other gay person. And that's something that I thought about recently. I'm like, statistically, I, ca- I cannot be the only person in like my my grade or my like my year that graduated that uh, is gay. It's just right. <laughs> it's not happening. It's not happening. So yeah. who is it? <laughs> yeah, because you don't, there's no one you're still in touch with where you're like, oh, they came out or something like no, that. No, exactly. Yeah. Like I see, you know, I, like everyone has like a, you know, older school friends on Facebook or whatever, uh, yeah. again, to, to age myself. Um, but like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, none of, they're all married and stuff like that. It looks lovely, but none of them are gay. <laughs> I find and I find that hard to believe. Yeah, it's impossible, right? It's impossible. But that is so funny because I don't I keep in touch with just a few people from high school. Cause I half went to high school in Oakville and a half in the US. We moved around okay. a lot. Yeah. So it's very fractured. But I think there's one person I know who's queer now. And other than that, no. But so you were like, I mean, you were getting turbocharged by all this media that was, you know. Whether or not you were like, oh, I'm a lesbian or I'm queer, you knew that something was different? Yeah. So were you just like, was the rave the first time you tried something out? Um, definitely. That's where, like, I met my first ever girlfriend. Uh, you know, I just, you become in fact, like, you know, uh, you, you just like fall in love for the night. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> that's, right. that's how, that's how most people like, you know, just, you know, have their first relationship aside, like outside of like high school or whatever, like your first like proper relationship. Um, I, and I also left high school, uh, like, you know, uh, fairly like early down the line, like I think like 18, I didn't stick around to the end. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was like out there kind of, you know, just working working, being a, a really early born adult, I guess, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and then, yeah. So then I meet my first girlfriend at like around like 17, 18. And then that was it. <laughs> and then that's the gateway, the last gateway drug, but also cause you talked about going to these raves, which are like, I know a lot of teenagers were going cause they, yeah. it's not like someone was carting you at the door or something, but no. was it a typically older crowd? It was, it was super mixed. So it could Mm. be a very like predatory situation in some, in some respects, um, as with any club bar that you go to, but it was a very mixed, very mixed, uh, scene for sure. Did you feel like you were 
I, I'm not trying to like put a name on it, but it sounds like you were always a bit like um, more mature for your age or like living in a more adult realm. Yeah, yeah, definitely hanging with people that like were a little bit older than me like all yeah. the time. Like when I was like, again, in high school, I was hanging with people who were like in older grades and stuff. Right, and right. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Yeah, it just- uh, You were ready for it. I was ready for it. I, <laughs> I was spending less and less time in Milton, more time in like a bigger city, seeing more things trying new things, doing different things. So yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, eye opening to start going to like those kinds of parties and stuff. I love it. So for that one, are we, cause I'm going to put a, a pin on this specific blame. Are we blaming Toronto rave culture? I think we might be. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> I blame, I blame the media for all, all the beautiful women had fed me and all the like wonderfully delicious, like sexual content. Yes. And then, uh, and then, yeah, the raves for definitely putting the pin in, <laughs> into it. Definitely. Oh my God. And then did these raves have like, I remember some of them having themes or were they just like, what kind of raves would you go to? Do you remember? Well, I mean, it, I, you know, you're going for the music, Trevor. So okay. you're going, <laughs> you know, I, you know, a lot of them, it's not like under the, the sea no they, they did have some kind of events but like who the fuck cares with the events where people just wanted to go and, and dance for like eight eight to ten hours straight see this is why when that girl was like do you want to come like why i would get screened out because i'd be like what's the theme tonight or like <laughs> will there be any snacks yeah, yeah no, you're right. It's for the music. snacks. No, yeah, oh. for sure. I mean, if people who were like super into it, they're like they're go they're following specific DJs. They're going yes. because it's going to be either like you know all drum and bass all night or like all breaks mm. or all techno. So did you? Was this also like our you made me a DJ moment where suddenly you're like I want to do this? It's really really uh, intersectional. I think for sure. Queer, um, your queerness and your DJ-ness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, see, I love like, you know, the best, the best crowd uh, that I could ever imagine to play for is like a bunch of like, you know, shirtless gay men dancing to like, like really hot disco. Like that is like my dream. That oh. is my vision. Um, yeah. You know, I have a lot, I have a couple pride gigs uh, coming up uh, in June. So that's going to be great. Hopefully that vision will come alive, but like, you know, that's, it, I mean, that those are the kinds of parties that I want to be at. Those are the kinds of parties I want to play music at. Um, it's home. It's my people, you know? <laughs> and do you feel like, like playing for queer crowds? I mean, for so many reason, historically and presently, queer folks love to party in lots of different capacities. They have a lot to celebrate. They have a lot of reasons to celebrate. Yeah. Do you think that they're more accepting of different genres? Like in the way, <laughs> does diversity include music fun? It's hard to answer, but it does. It definitely yeah. does. Absolutely. Um, there's just so much of it and it's all so good. And why would you not want to listen to any of it, you know? <laughs> Bring That's it all. The, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And stereotypically, mm. queer people have an appreciation for kitsch and like things that maybe like have retired from coolness. We still have a lot of love for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is um, nice as a DJ, probably. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the reasons why, like, I play disco for the most part, right? Oh, <laughs> like, disco is not kitschy. Disco yeah, well, slaps. <laughs> it's, uh, again, like a nice, uh, you know, it's just easy to have fun with. And, oh gosh, uh, yeah. you know, you're, you're not going to sit there with a straight face and tell me that Donna Summer is in no way, shape or form kitschy, you know? And like, I think Last Dance is a sensual masterpiece that <laughs> defies space and time. Okay. Well, you got me there, but. Uh... No, no, no. no. Uh, yeah, fair. We can argue about it after. Mm. Um, okay. So is there anything else on this list or should we recap? I just wanted to give a honorable mention to, uh, <laughs> 
Jessica Rabbit, obviously. Oh my God, this is fantastic. Yeah, that's a very early one. Again, with the the overt sexuality, the the gorgeous, the beautiful femininity of of Jessica Rabbit. Uh, yeah, and I, I think that one was that one was probably around six to seven years old, if I recall correctly. Yeah, from Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Jessica yes. Rabbit famously is a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, and you throw in Kathleen Turner's voice on top of that, like <sighs> super gorgeous cartoon, and. Oh and you've got you've got a winner, baby. You've got you've got a masterpiece. <laughs> you've got a winner. Total smoke show. Definitely taller than Roger, who was a bunny. But is she also like <laughs> really tall in that world? Yeah, she's like she's a a monster. She's huge. Yes. <laughs> she's yes. very tall. And it's funny because uh, my my partner, she's like insanely like a lot taller with me. And there's been multiple occasions where there's there's a meme that's like lesbians and their girlfriend and it's like i'm i'm the roger rabbit and she's the jessica rabbit for sure it's it's funny no one loses yeah nobody (laughs) (laughs) definitely so that that was my honorable mention was jessica rabbit for sure yeah that's perfect yeah she almost got you there but like she i mean she's no competition for any of the others no no definitely not (laughs) have you ever gone as jessica rabbit or roger rabbit for halloween no (laughs) no we've done the we've done the stereotypical uh um gomez and morticia adams that was a good couple's costume i keep i keep pushing for bob's burgers for her to be lynn and me bob um Mm -hmm. but she's not into it unfortunately (laughs) hate crime homophobic yeah (laughs) totally oh my god no, I'm, I'm a sucker for a good couple's costume. That's always, that's always a good one. Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Big time. So let's, uh, let's quickly go back through. Cause I want to make sure we have everyone on the docket. We yes. have, uh, Alex Mack, AKA Larissa Olenek. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Alicia Silverstone and Liv Tyler. Yes. And then we had Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yep. And then rave, cu- Toronto rave culture. Yes, yeah, and we're okay. forgetting we're forgetting Miss Janet Jackson. We can lump her in with uh, with um, uh, Alicia and and Liv and stuff because that was that was the music that was the music video bundle there for sure. We could lump her in, but yeah. uh, that's also a hate crime, so we're not yeah. going to. Janet <laughs> okay. gets her own blame. I, uh, I think so. In that bordello or wherever she was. Yeah. Uh, then Toronto rave culture, and then honorable mention Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> smoking. That's the gamut. I mean, who could who could make it past all of those influences? Yeah, f- yeah. Find me one young woman who is not a little bit queer because of those uh, all of those influences. I'm sorry, <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> you can't do it. Also, slightly funny story. I don't know if I've ever shared this, but uh, speaking of precocious cartoons, as a child. My father accidentally rented me Fritz the Cat. Do you know this? Oh my goodness, I do. Yeah. It would like be on showcase like after dark because it's the, 100%. you know. <laughs> oh, you're bringing these CanCon references so hot. I love it. Yeah, Fritz the Cat <laughs> is like basically cat cartoon cat porn that we rented because yeah. we thought it was a like a Disney cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. That, that probably made me queer and uh, and slightly insane. Yeah, I definitely had like a moment like that where I uh, again was like up late watching TV and heavy metal was another like oh, animated, yeah. like super hypersexual uh, uh, cartoon that came on. So I, I was just thinking I was watching like some neat cinema and all of a sudden there's like, you know, everything that there was in that movie. <laughs> there's, there's a lot in that movie. I'm surprised you didn't. Yeah, and there's a lot. Let's leave it at that uh, for yeah. time. So, uh, Fawn, I'm loving, I'm loving where you're taking me. I'm loving this sort of 
GTA Len on the radio sort of vibe you're bringing today. Um, <laughs> totally. But, but because we are running out of time, before I let you go, would you like to play a game? Absolutely. Thank God. This game yes. is called Queer, Queerer, Queerest. Queerer, Queerest. Okay. So I'm going to give you three things. Your job is to put them in order from least queer to most queer and tell me why. All right. <laughs> Any questions? You're ready to go? No, let's just do it. Great. Thing number one, stuffed crust. Okay. So, you know, pizza or whatever, stuffed crust. Thing number two, the board game Clue. Okay. Yeah, we've got a lot of characters there. Okay. We've got this big old house. It kind of has a bit of a Rocky Horror vibe. Anyway, thing number three, the existence of the Vanga bus. Okay. Do you remember the Vanga bus from the Vanga Boys? Oh, absolutely. It's coming. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's apparently, it's, uh, it's been on its way for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear yeah. the horn if I listen really hard. Boo-boo-boo. <laughs> uh, so just to recap, Stuffed Crust, the board game Clue, the existence of the Vanga bus, least queer to most queer, and why? Okay, I'm going to just go start coming in hot with uh, yeah. the most queer is the Stuffed Crust. If mm. I have to explain that, Mm, you're, I mean, maybe you shouldn't be listening to the podcast because, <laughs> um, I mean, you cut, you cut that thing open and it looks like, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it's a stuffed crust. I mean, it's, you know, the innuendos there, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't think I have to explain this any further. Is that, a, is that, is that a yeah, don't enough, insult our like, intelligence. Okay. That's, I respect you. All right. Um, second I think under the, underneath that is like middle. Yeah, we call it queerer fun. Okay, <laughs> queerer, <laughs> queerer. So queerest is the stuffed crust because it, yeah. it's yeah, uh, it. it's you know, it's, it's like a stuffed crust. <laughs> I got Anyways, it. I got it. <laughs> um, queerer is definitely the existence of the vagabus. Um, oh, okay, why? I just think it's not as gay as uh, a sexually stuffed crust pizza, but it's still pretty gay. <laughs> okay. It's definitely, uh, it's queer. And, you know, there's room for everyone on that bus. So, yeah, 100%. It's, it's not the least queer thing I could think of. <laughs> that's the that's true. That's the model for diversity. You know how no one quite, quite agree? Like, what is equity? What is equality? It's the Vanga yeah. bus. It's the Vanga bus, for sure. <laughs> We've got it's, it. It's just here for a good time. It's just here for a good time. We've solved all the world's problems. <laughs> Get on the bus. Um, and then, and then, and then Clue would have to be just the, the, the baseline queer here mm. um again a lot of characters are you talking about the board game or the movie exactly oh boy uh i did write down the board game clue because i think they're completely different yes they are because if if you know if that were the case it'd have to be if it was the movie it would be the queerest i think it's but. so <laughs> queer just madeline Kahn with the flames on my face line. exactly yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna rewatch that one. That's a good one. Um, so yeah, that's <laughs> if it's the board game, it's gonna be the baseline queer. Um, just because I, you know, I don't know a kid, a gay kid, or a queer kid who hasn't played Clue and gotten a little too passionate about it, or like pretended they were like, you know, uh, 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 Colonel Mustard, or what's one of the ladies' names? Uh, oh, like Miss Scarlet. 
Miss Scarlet, yeah. Like, you know, uh, like I can picture like little little guys be like, I'll be Miss Scarlet, you know, or like <laughs> I, I was definitely always Colonel Mustard just because I like mustards. Um, so oh, but... perfect choice. <laughs> I was a bit like, I'm not so worried about who the murderer is. What's Professor Plum doing in the conservatory right now? Because Yeah, and why does he got that candlestick, yo? <laughs> right? I know. Um, and then that little secret passage in the game. Okay, so anyway. It's a baseline queer, and I respect yeah. your answer. Yes, thank you. <laughs> okay, so let me just tabulate. I'm going to use the same math you used to tabulate uh, your age and okay. uh, whatever <laughs> you were checking at the beginning. Uh, check, check, check. Congratulations, Fawn. You scored 100%. Yes. You are, in fact, a queer person. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. Mom was right. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the results are in. Thanks, Mom, for making me watch that movie as a child. Exactly. <laughs> it's her fault. We yeah, can blame yeah. her, too, actually. Yeah. We skipped her. We'll blame her. Um, so, Fawn, before I let you go, and this was a joy because listeners might not know, Fawn and I briefly, briefly crossed paths in, I want to say, 2006, as two of the, I, I'll speak for myself, one of the laziest baristas in Toronto. I was definitely lazy. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't uh, work too hard. <laughs> you were very good. Yeah. I had a lot of respect for you oh, as a barista. Thank you. Thank but anyway, um, post-barista career fun, anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, I've got lots of parties coming up. Um, Pride Toronto is going to be a heck of a time after not uh, uh, having one of uh, in-person Pride for, I think, two years. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm going to be at the North Riser on Friday from 10 till 11. Which Friday fun? The Friday of Pride, June 24th. Um, and then uh, the same weekend on, on the Saturday the 25th, I'll be at uh, the Two-Spirit Stage at Church in Wellesley, which is right across from the uh, um, just the uh, TTC station there at Wellesley Station. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll also be at Allen Gardens that same day for Dyke Pride. That is the big mm. Dyke Pride uh, parade day. So I'll be there uh, in the gardens with uh, with all my ladies and uh, lady folk. And, uh, and then that evening, I'll be at Wiggle Room on Dundas for their uh, Wiggly and Proud event. So just playing lots of disco <laughs> and house and all the good stuff that'll make you want to be queer. <laughs> oh my God, it sounds so delicious. And if you're listening and you uh, are not in Toronto, uh, just book your flight now. It's Fawn's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Fawn's worth it. Pride is worth it. And if you can't listen uh, in person, I've got lots of stuff on Mixcloud, Mixcloud slash Fawn BC uh, or Fawn Big, you know, I can never remember, but it's up there. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I've got lots of mixes for you to enjoy uh, wherever you are. So good. And the last thing I'm going to ask you, Fawn, for anyone listening who's curating a Spotify playlist or conversing with Alexa, what's the one song that, like, if the room is dipping, is a fail-safe go-to to put on? Uh, Candy Station, Young Hearts Rung Free. I think there you that's, go. Uh, yeah. No question, <laughs> we're done here. Summer, winter, <laughs> spring, fall, pride, yes. birthdays, bar mitzvahs, anytime, honey, yeah. It's true, that's that's equity right there. It's the Vanga bus and it's Young Hearts. <laughs> Boom. Definitely. Thank you so much, Fun. Thank you, Trevor. This has been a blast. I really appreciate you asking me to be here. Thank you. Same here, Jessica Rabbit out. Queer, 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 queer. Oh my goodness, that is our show. Did you pause in the middle to buy your ticket to You Made Me Queer at Buddies and Bad Times Pride Fest? Did you do it? You can pause now, find the link in my Instagram and Twitter bios, or go to buddiesandbadtimes.com. 
As always, you can reach me at youmidmequeer at gmail.com. I love to read what you wrote. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast for all of the aforementioned reasons in my previous 41 episodes. Cue credits. You Made Me Queer is created and produced by me, Trevor Campbell. Our editor is Sean Van Beaton. Our theme song is by Critty. For more from music, check out lavenderbruisers.bandcamp.com or come to the live show and see her. Our website is youmademequeer.com. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at youmademequeer. New episodes of You Made Me Queer for the time being come out every Thursday. And from the bottom of my big bent heart, thank you so much for listening. I am proud of you. And until next time, remember, we're here, we're queer, and it's your fault.